Father God, thank you so much that you're so faithful. And just like Pastor Dan said in the song, you're so generous. And out of your generosity of your word that you laid out for us, would you give us tonight, Lord God? We open our ears and we open our heart that we may receive everything you have for us, Lord God. And we thank you for that. Father, we also pray for all the churches that are in the Inland Empire and around the world. We bless them. And we ask that you would use them to continue to advance your gospel because there's only one God and one kingdom, and that is yours alone. And so we declare that today we do not come compete against those churches, but we advance your kingdom, Father. And we pray for those under persecution right now. Lord, would you encourage them? Would you strengthen them? Would you provide for them? Would you do something amazing that shows the hand of God? It's upon their life. Thank you so much this day, we pray. In Jesus' name, we all say amen. amen. You may be seated. Go ahead and get your Bibles out, whether iPhone, iPad, um, physical Bible, and go to 2 Kings. 2 Kings. We're going to be in 2 Kings tonight. <clears throat> and so I recently... Um, it's been exactly a year since I had visited my mother from the Dominican Republic. That's why I said what I said in the beginning. And so my mother's been ill. And last year I went and visited her in February. I came back. I flew back. And within a month from returning, then we went into lockdowns. And I hadn't traveled since. So finally I got into an airplane just a week ago to visit her because my sister said, hey, you know, mom is a lot, she's frailer, and so you may want to see her. She has Alzheimer's. And so, um, so it, it was just a different experience to go visit her as her illness is progressing. My mother's a servant of God. So in that sense, there's no sadness. We know where she's going when she passes. She's given to God absolutely 100% of her life. So in that area of our life, there's nothing but joy. But in the human factor, obviously, we're sad. But what I want to share today has nothing to do with sadness, especially emotion of joy. Um, my sister cares for her most of the time, if not all the time. She's doing a great work. But one day since I was there, I, you know, I went there to give her a break from caring for my mom. And so she went out with my daughter and they were having fun. And so I was caring for my mother, the, you know, helping her through dialysis, doing all this stuff. And that one of the moments she's laying in her bed, she's kind of tired. She doesn't quite remember me as much. Um, but in that moment, we kind of locked eyes and she, we were able, she was able to remember. And so we're talking. I said, Mom, let's do something. Let's read the Bible. Let's do a small devotion. Let's read the Bible and sing together. And um, it was a beautiful moment because while her memories are fading, there are things coming to the forefront of her mind that are absolutely sealed in her mind. And I know you've seen videos of people with Alzheimer's where they play a tune or a song they know and they awaken and they do this song. It's very amazing. But the one thing my mother does remember is the Word of God. And I opened my Bible to the psalm, which is our favorite psalm in our family. And so we read it together, Psalm 103. And as I started reading, she started reciting the psalm by memory. Now, you have to understand, she has very few memories left. But this is the one thing she did remember. And so we started saying it together in Spanish. Um, Bless the Lord, my soul. And, and we just kept saying it and reading. It was such a beautiful moment. I said, hey, mom, let's sing. And so there's a song. And so we sang this song. And she's singing this song. And it was just the presence of God filled the room. And it was an amazing thing to see because I tell you one thing I learned today. There are things we have to remember. And this is, I want to title it this way. There, you have to have a memory. You have to remember what matters most. There are things in life that you have to remember. And you have to remember what matters most. I think it's not an issue of information. We have so much information in this world right now. The problem is, listen to this, before way 20 years, 15 years ago, uh, 20 years ago, the idea, the idea is that you needed to find information. Nowadays, you have so much you need to filter between what is important and what is just consuming your day. 
consuming your day. And in that moment with my mother, I realized she's filtered, her illness has filtered to everything that does not matter and has given her memories of the things that were imprinted into her mind. And uh, many years ago, I became fascinated with the uh, idea of neuroplasticity and just because of her illness, because of things we suffer in my own family, my grandfather. So I'm looking after myself thinking, hey, if I'm heading that way, I'm not confessing that in Jesus' name, neither is my wife. She'll kill me. If she, she's like, what are you saying, boy? Um, so, so you know, just reading and studying about the mind and just fascinating. And neuroplasticity was a field that is being from the 40s, became popular in the 60s, and I would say probably from the 80s till now has exploded. And the idea is that your brain is so amazing that if there's an area that doesn't function, it creates new path around a broken area to create a new way to function. And it's just, God is so amazing in his creation. My friend, that cannot be developed from goop coming out of water. There is a designer of you and me. And, and when we understand that, we have to know that God has created something beautiful in us. You know what we got to know, though? And I, I'm not trying to accuse you. It's a phrase I heard from someone in Pastor Deborah that said it to us before. We are educated beyond our ability to obey. And in the, in, in the Christian, the Western world, we know more Bible than we're actually doing. And, and this is not to blame you or beat you up or tell you anything. This is to let you know, my friend, that... We don't have to be chasing after the newest revelation. We just got to do the one we have. We got to put an investment. Come on, praise God for it tonight. We got to make an investment in the one we already have and in the one that's given to us and remembering that. Because that moment with my mother was so pure. It was so pure because she has no cares in this world. She doesn't have to worry about paying bills, taking care of kids, none of that. All she has left. Is what she remembers, and that's the word of God and the beauty of it. And it was it so impacted my life um, because I, I understood the value of remembering the things that matter most. And I, and I want to make an investment in that in my life. And I want to encourage you today in this new year, as we start early in the year, if you're making, remember a pastor taught us the vision of this year, which is new day, which is day one. This day one in you can be applying those things that are in your mind this very moment, refreshing and bringing them to memory and putting them to practice. And so I want us um, to dive into this because there are things we should remember and look after. Here's one that, I, that, that so struck me so interesting. Isaiah 43.25 says, I, this is the Lord, I even, I am he, capital H, talking about God, who blots out, meaning he, he erases, blots out your transgression for my own sake. So, so God is saying, I remove, I block out your transgression for my own sake, not even for you. He is amazing. And then says, I will not remember your sins. Can you say amen to that? Because, my friend, you and I have memories of our days, and we're thinking, boy, Lord, wipe them away. Yeah. Here's what's beautiful. If you remember those, it's not God reminding you. It's not God reminding you. And, it, and it's so important because the enemy uses this strategy to just bring us down and destroy us. I'm not saying we shouldn't repent. I'm not saying we shouldn't correct the things that are in our lives that are contrary to God. What I'm saying is that he says, I don't remember them. And if you don't hear anything else from me tonight, if you sort of disconnect, I hope you don't. I hope you stay connected. I hope you track. I want you to get this phrase in your soul. And it's this. 
In the matter of sin, make no memories, but in the matter of righteous living, keep remembering. In a matter of sin, make no memories, but in the matter of righteous living, you have to keep remembering. You have to keep telling yourself, hey, God is going to do something. You have to keep telling yourself how to apply the things of God. As a matter of fact, I love our pastors who went to Ramah, Pastor Joseph, Pastor Dan. These guys are Bible machines. I do not recall verses the way they do, man. You, uh, they have an amazing memory. And I have a son, my middle son is just like that. I mean, he learned Psalm 91, what would you say, fourth grade here at the church, at the school, and he still can recite Psalm 91 from top to bottom. And, and now he's a freshman in high school, and he just He's one of the kids in our family that has that kind of memory. I just don't have, I can recall faces, I can recall streets, I can get to a place without using Google Maps, you know. I, I do, there's things I can do, but that is one thing that's hard for me. But I've had to learn to develop this thing and get it in my head. And here's what the Lord is telling me. If you can recall all your sins, you can recall the Word of God. You, you can do, we can do this, my friend. If you can record the day you got hammered and how you ended up at your house and you tell the story over and over and over, <laughs> you can definitely remember what, what God did for you and recall that. And so he is inviting us to actually change the way we look at the way we think and the way we remember and refresh things in our own soul. And this is such a beautiful thing because in the matter of sin, make no memories, no more. When they come to you, say, God, I give those. You thank you for forgiving me. I just put them at the foot of the cross. Don't sit, don't dwell, don't get depressed. Believe me, we all have things in our past where we can say, what the heck was I thinking? Right? We all have that moment. Here's what the Lord is saying. Think about the no more. Let me tell you what you replaced them with now. This is what you got to think about. About righteous living, you have to start remembering and refreshing in your life all those things. Let's go to 2 Kings. In 2 Kings, we find this story, uh, chapter 17, that, um, you know, if you read the Old Testament, really what you see, and I've explained this several times, what you see is a relationship, especially starting in Samuel, uh, I would say from Judges. You see a relationship of Israel going from, hey, we love you, God. Thank you so much. God rescue them. Then they get comfortable and they forget God. Then they get um, everything bad coming to them because they forgot God. And now they're suffering. So they're like, oh, my gosh, we have to repent. So we repent. And God comes along. That is the abbreviation of the Old Testament. Right? That happens over and over and over and over and over and over. Um, and um, it is a lesson for us. So as a matter of fact, 1 Corinthians, I believe, chapter 10 says that everything written in the Word of God was written as an example for us to remember. And it was just like, hey, you got to remember these things. And so in 2 Kings 17, we find that the children of Israel once again have forgotten God. And the Assyrians came in and captured them. And the south in the kingdom of Judah, they were still kind of safe. They never got involved in a lot of crazy things. But uh, there's a king there named Hezekiah. So the Assyrians come and take over Israel. And God sends a word to Israel saying, hey, listen, I want you to do something. I want you to remember me. Even though you're captured by the Assyrians, I can do great things on your behalf. And I want you to read with me this episode after this prophecy is given to them. Here's a prophecy. I'm going to start it because there's a lot to read. I'm just going to restart in verse 38 of 2 Kings 17 in the NIV. It says, do not forget the covenant I have made with you. So God is telling them, hey, don't forget the covenant. I, I've set some things to you. Don't forget them. And do not worship other gods. So, so he's saying, don't forget me and don't go after things that are not me. Stay focused. Verse 17, seven, I'm sorry, verse 39, chapter 17 says, Rather, rather, worship 
the Lord your God. Which, which God are we worshiping? The Lord who? Your God, the main God, the big G God. It is he who will deliver you from the hand of all your enemies. What an amazing promise. And those promises are still true for you and I today. They, they, they're not changing. They are written for you and I. Let's keep going. Verse 40. They would not listen. Ouch. They would, here's God saying, I'm going to help you. I'm with you. Don't forget me. Stay focused. Worship me. Give all your focus and emotion to me. And then it says, and they would not listen. Look, my friends, these people are under the government, the Assyrian government, who are treating them like slaves, who are using them, who are taking care, taking their gold, taking over their land. And you know what they're saying? Ah, we just deal with the Assyrian. Forget God. And it is why we have to know the things we have to remember and the things that matter most. Because otherwise we end up idolizing things that are, will not bring back the result God wants for us. And, and he continues to say they will not. However, but persisted in their former practices. So they're saying God gives them a promise and they say forget it. We're just going to do what we've been doing. Let me tell you something. A lot of people when 2020 hit, when the pandemic hit did that. They reverted to what felt comfortable to them and abandoned the promises of God. I know you're not one of them. You may know somebody in that position. I want you to invite them back. Say, man, you got to remember the former things. You have to go back to the things God promises. You cannot stay in that place in your life. And, and God is saying, come my way. And, and here, here's why it's important for us to remember so that we don't end up in this place. Look at this. Verse 41, even while these people were worshiping the Lord, they were serving their idols. Are you kidding? Another version says, they feared God and lived also in the system of the world. Let me translate it. They came to service and then they went out to clubs right after. They came to service and then they did their life their way. And the idea that is being sold to us because we are in a Christian nation with Christian principles, we assume that we can fool God by just sort of playing the church life. And he's saying, no, 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 you got to have a better memory than that. There's things you have to remember that you've given God your all. Are you with me? I'm pushing you a little bit tonight. It'll get better as we go on. You're like, Pastor, you're pushing a little too hard. No, no, but we're going somewhere with this thing. And it's saying, look at this. Here's why. To this day, say to this day. To this day, you can write it to this day. Their children and grandchildren continue to do as their ancestors did. Let me put it to you this way. What you decide today may affect the next two or three generations of your family. And that's why it's important to remember. This is why it's crucial that what you're doing today, if you're serving the Lord today, and if you're first starting considering walking away from God because you're not getting the results you think you need or the answers from God you think you want, let me tell you something. Whatever decision to make today is going to affect future generations in your family. And that, my friend, is super, super important because this is going to lead us to change. I remember many years ago when I went through Bacon Free, that was one of the things that God spoke to me. And at the time, we only had one son. We had my oldest son. And I remember thinking, 
well, I don't want, I don't want my oldest son to do or think the way I've been thinking all these years. And it led me to make a change of direction in my life in many areas. And, and this is important for all of us to consider because these things, if we forget, then these directions are not going to lead us in the way that God wants. Let me tell you about my mother since we're talking about it. Um, we were not Christians. Uh, my, you probably heard my testimony, but basically my mom came to the Lord and my father's deathbed. He had a brain tumor that was inoperable. They tried to operate it. They couldn't remove it. So I believe from diagnosis to death, it was like six months. Um, I was a little kid, three and a half years old, around there, four years old. Um, and so, so it was something that happened really sudden. In that process, they gave their hearts to the Lord and they started walking. But because she was new in the Lord, for many years, we went to two churches. I would go to the Catholic church and I would go to also the Christian church. I went to Catholic school until I was in sixth grade. Um, and so there was this life. But I remember my mom little by little making a change to solidify her walk with God in a way that was a lot more serious. Let me tell you, that decision in that moment has led to all of us following the direction she set us in. Are you with me today? And it set us in the right direction. And, and, and the same was for my wife and the same is for our children. And hopefully they do the same for their children. So our children's children will continue to follow the Lord. So whatever decision to make today, you have to remember what God is trying to get to you so that you can make those decisions. So that you don't end up with Israel in this way. But there was a different king. In chapter 18, we find this guy named Hezekiah. And even though he, a lot of people blame him because he, he, the end of his life wasn't as nice, he made some mistakes, and so he paid the price for that. But the beginning of his life, and, and really most of his life, was an amazing decision-making that he made. So Hezekiah comes and becomes the king of Judah in this process. And look at verse 5 of chapter 18. Right there we're reading. says, Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel. Can you say trusted in the Lord? That's the invitation he's asking us. If you trust in the Lord, there's something that's going to be in you that's important, that you're going to put in your own soul. You trust in the Lord and the God of Israel. There was no one like him among all kings of Judah, either before him or after him. Even through his mistake, the Lord says there's no one like Hezekiah. Wow. Verse 6, he held fast, meaning he grabbed to the Lord and did not, and did not stop following him. What an invitation. He kept the commandments of the Lord he had given to Moses. Verse 7, and the Lord was with him. We want that phrase to be us, right? We want the Lord with us at everything we do. He was successful in whatever he undertook. Wow. You mean that when you go to work tomorrow and when you talk to your children and when you do things, you can be successful in everything you're, un you're undertaking this moment? If you follow the Lord, you're gone? Wow. And then he said he took on the king of Assyria and he won in the battle. What an amazing thing. There are two things you have to remember. Two things you have to remember. Here's the first one. Remember God's word. First one is remember God's word. I, I think for a lot of us, we live what modern society calls today in an um, sort of not, it's, the word is not uneducated, but we don't live in a biblical context. Most kids in high school, junior high, do not know what a Bible is or have even read a verse of the Bible. This is, this is what has happened in our nation, just like it did in Europe. For many years, little by little, it went away and nobody even knows. As a matter of fact, we have a joke in our family. Many years ago, we had a neighbor across the street and um, the neighbor asked my daughter, I think, or my son, hey, because they were playing out and she would see me come in around. She said, what kind of work is your dad in? And, you know, my daughter said, well, he's a pastor. And she said, what is that? 
And so, so, so here we are. She has no idea what in the world a pastor is, right? There is no concept of church, and people have walked away from the truth of God. But I'm going to tell you something. There is nothing more important, more lasting than the word of God, my friends. Over and over, it's been proven. Over and over. It's been proven time and time again, time and time again. There's a famous saying of a man, I forgot if it was Voltaire, one of those philosophers who said that the word of God's going to disappear in a few years. And I believe years after that, the first printing press that was designed, the first book that was printed was actually the Bible, was in his house. In his house. And so these are the things. The word of God is eternal. Is eternal. It's proven time after time. No matter how many things they throw at it, no matter how they accuse it, time and time and again, it's proven to be truth. My friend, you have to remember the word of God. You cannot wipe that away from you. You have to bring it into your life. You have to make whatever effort and whatever means necessary to put into your life. Nowadays, we have so many ways to do it. You don't have to carry a Bible everywhere. You can have your phone, read it in your phone. I remember showing up to my first semester of college, a big old Bible, and trying to read it, you know, in the cafeteria. And it was very interesting. Nowadays, I can just carry it in my phone, right, and read it anywhere I go. But so there's, there's no excuses for us not to engage in the Word of God. Engage. Engage. I'm inviting you to engage in the Word of God. And I get it. There's hard things. Pastor, I don't understand. I get it. I also do not get the book of Numbers. I know you don't either, right? Like, like it's a hard one to read, man. It's a hard one to read. But all of it has a purpose. All of it has a feeding for our souls. And we have to engage in the word of God. Here's this, I was talking to our students in Bible college yesterday specifically about this verse, Joshua 1.8. And you know it, it's a famous verse, but it is probably the, the verse that describes the most important thing we ought to do in our life. Joshua 1.8, because we don't want this, right? Here's the, the advice. God sends to Joshua through Moses as they're talking. It says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. So he's saying, you got to say the word. 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 You shall meditate in it day and what else? Night. Night. So, so keep it present. Keep it present. Keep it focused. You shall meditate in it day and night. If you read a verse in the morning, repeat it again at night before you go to bed or, or keep it at the forefront. I, you know, I was telling our students yesterday, I said, you know what? There's sometimes I, I read one verse all week. I'm not in a rush. Like, like, the Bible has so much content. I don't know why we have to do it in a month, and a year. Get one verse and read it all week. And ask God speak to me. God is going to reveal some stuff to you through that verse. It's going to be amazing. Sometimes I don't get it up front, so I read it again. I read it again. So don't rush. Don't feel like the more I get of this, this is not a college course. This is a lifestyle. A lifestyle. And he's saying, do this day and night. That you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. So, so here's what happened. A lot of people want the latter part. Here's the latter part. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Everybody wants good success. So they say, Pastor, I am reading the word of God, but I'm not being successful. It's because you carved out the middle. You may observe to do according to all that is written in it. Who do? And we were talking about that. We're saying preaching and teaching, it's about moving us to do what it's asking us to do. To do. It's not going to be perfect the first time. We're all going to screw up. As a matter of fact, uh, we've always said this at church, Pastor Jim taught us this, and we, we, all of the pastors believe the same. We are not more anointed than you to have to live out the Christian life. 
We're anointed to teach it. We're anointed to lead because that's what God put, put on us. But we have to live it just like you. We have to get up in the morning. We have to pray. We have to, during the day, find time to read our word. We have to study. We have to journal. We have to continue to relate to Jesus, our Lord and Savior, every day. Every day, just like you. And it is so important that we do that because then, then, then you will make your way prosperous and successful. Are you with me today? And it's so powerful. So powerful. There's so many truths that are amazing. And you have to remember these things. I was telling them how people get so amazed and impressed at things that were written in the Bible thousands of years ago. Here's one. Um, I think I've shared, but if, if you heard this, where people are like, oh, you have to diversify your finances. And they sound so amazing. It's already written in the book of Ecclesiastes. It was already there. It says you should diversify. You should put, don't put all your investment in one thing. All your eggs in a basket came from the Bible. So, so this is what crucial. Here, here's another one. Here's another one. And I'm not trying to offend anybody. If you've done this, hey, co-signing. Proverbs chapter 6 says don't do that. Everybody running. Oh, my gosh, i got to call my cousin right now. No, no, no. <laughs> Stop it, stop it, stop it. <laughs> right, but there's things that are so profound in the word of God. But we've been sold a lie. That book is too old and it cannot relate to me today. And they fed the lie and we've consumed it. And I'm here to tell you today, uh-uh, you got to remember God's word. you got to remember that it's true, that it's transformative, that it's alive and it has stood thousands of years this day for a reason. Psalm 119.55 says, In the night, Lord, I remember your name that I may keep your law. In the night, Lord, I remember your name that I may keep your law. It is so crucial. It is so important that we do this, that we remember, that we remember. Here's the second thing. Remember what to remember. Remember God's actions. Remember God's actions. We live in an era and I hope I don't offend anybody, but I'm going to be direct. We live in an era where people say, say it pretty, even if you don't mean actions behind what you say. And we become enamored with people who say things nice, but do nothing about it. And for my type of personality type, this is a nightmare. Because I love action. If you're going to tell me something, it's because we are doing something about it. And this is so important. I'm not saying, once again, that I'm not talking about from a soapbox that I'm perfect. No, no, no. I am saying there's something crucial about this because we have fallen in love with people telling us things pretty. But then we have ignored truth because it requires action. And, I, and, and God is saying, don't, forget all these things that people are saying. Look at my actions. Look at my words. Look at the things I've done for you and the things I've done in the past because I can do them again because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yesterday, today, and forever. And it's so important that we remember that. we got to remember what God has done, the actions he's actually taken. We do this in our family. We haven't done it as much in the, la in the later years. But in the beginning of our lives, we used to do this constantly because my wife and I we were growing and we used to write things down. Uh, we still have the book somewhere. We have to add things to it, obviously, for years. But we have this blue book where it's a book of testimony. And we would write all these things. And when things were in a tough place, my wife would bring the book and then we'll read it. Look, the Lord helped us pay rent in this year. And the Lord, uh, you know, heal our daughter this year. And the Lord provided this way. And, and so, man, we're done reading this book. 
spoke, we're like, thank you, Lord. I know you're going to do it again. This is awesome. Hey, we, we're bringing to memory the things God has already done for us. You have to find a way to do that. Remember. Remember. And it's a beautiful thing to remember. I had a conversation with a couple pastors while I was visiting. They're my friends. They're pastoring in other churches. They came by to visit. Uh, we didn't have a lot of visitors because of, obviously, the virus. My mother being very delicate, we, uh, you know, we had a protocol in our apartment to be able to enter and to keep everything clean for my mom. And so we would just talk about and remember all the things we saw God do. And it was so invigorating. Like, I left so excited because I was seeing what God is doing with them, what God is doing with us. I'm thinking, God, man, you're amazing. You're working in a third world country. You can work in the U.S. You can work anywhere. You're doing miracles everywhere. And it's so important for us to remember his actions. Psalm 77, 11 says this. Um, says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. So Psalmist is saying, God, I'm going to remember that you've done some good things in my life and in other people's life, and I'm going to take it for me. I believe you're going to do something in my life. We have to remember those things because otherwise life has a tendency to squeeze these things out of us because we are sort of in the present all the time. But if we remember, if we recall, something happens in our memory where we say, you know what, that's important. That's something that has to come to the forefront of our thought. We always remember what is important in our actions and in what we do. Are you with me? Very important. The best way to prove that is when you send your husband to the store, he's, you give him a list, but he's going to bring what's important, what's in the forefront of his mind. And it's usually whatever he wanted at that moment in your list, right? I've done it, so I'm guilty here. Um, and so all of us will remember the actions, remember the steps we're taking in this process. And in 2 Kings 17, when God was telling them to follow him, look at what God told them to remember. I love this. He says, but the Lord, but the Lord who brought you, look what he says, but the Lord who brought you up out of Egypt with a mighty power and outstretched arm is the one you must worship. To him you shall bow down and to him offer sacrifices. So this prophet is saying, listen, look what God did for you many years ago. That's the God you have to serve now. Verse 37, you must always be careful to keep the decrees and regulations, the laws, commandments. Um, do not worship other gods. Look at this, verse 38. Do not forget the covenant I have made with you. Do not forget and do not worship other gods. Once again, he's telling us, don't forget me. Don't forget me. So don't forget his words and don't forget his actions, his deeds, because the Lord has done some great things. So how are we going to do it, Pastor? How are we going to do this? It's very simple. It's actually simpler than you think. Simpler than you think. And, and Joshua when he gave us the clue. But I want to read to you something he, he said. Psalm 63, 6 in the Amplify says, When I remember you on my bed, I meditate and thoughtfully, thoughtfully focus on you in the night watches. I don't know if this happened to you. I'm sure it has. But there are nights where I wake up 2, 3 in the morning out of nowhere, and I want to pray. doesn't ha happen often. But all of a sudden I wake up, and I'm like, I think God wants, and I just pray. I don't make a big deal. You know, I, don't, you know, I start shouting in tongues. My wife is going to kill me because I'm going to wake her up. And so, you know, but, but there's something that happens in our soul. That's God. How about this? How about this? Maybe you're driving in your car, and you're thinking, man, i got to remember this. Get to praying. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Don't ignore that. Connect with it. This is what the Lord said to the children of Israel as they were entering into the promised land. Deuteronomy 6. Look at this. New Living Translation says, 
And you must, so this is important, and you must, look at this, commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commandments that I've given you today. Verse 7, repeat them again and again. When should you repeat them? Again and again. Remember that annoying teacher that would tell you, you have to read this over and over, you have to repeat this, and you're like, I don't need this, I'm never going to use this. Here's the Lord telling you, I am telling you, repeat this again and again, again and again. It is so crucial that we do that again and again to your children. It is great because when we teach it, we learn it. You know what I'm saying? When we teach it, we learn it. The more I teach the word of God, the more I learn and the better I get. Because I'm, trying, I'm studying to tell you something. And it's so crucial. It says for our children, but we learn from it. Look, talk about it when you're at home and talk about it when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you are getting up. Here's what he's saying. Keep the word of God present in your mind at all times. At all times, keep God focused. Pastor, but, you know, you Christians, that's so boring. I, I want to watch Netflix and I want to do it. Do that. Nobody's telling not to do that. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. Here's what I'm telling you. When you go to bed, remember God. When you wake up, say, thank you, Jesus. Get a verse in your mind. When you're at lunch break, man, pray and just remind yourself of God. When you're on the road by yourself in long traffic jam in California, don't be cursing. You remember those, huh? Remember the word of God. Bring it back to memory. That's what he's saying. Verse 8. I love this. Tie them to your hands and wear them in the forehead as a reminder. In the frontal lobe, in the place of remembrance. Says, put, it, put it right there. Put it right there. Recall that. Why don't you have that? It's so important that you would do that today. So I'm inviting you to do that. Sometimes, uh, you know, Maybe you're not as old as I am, but I remember the WWJD bracelets, right? Remember those? Um, if you do, and there was, it meant, what would Jesus do? And so everybody would wear these bracelets. Hey, and that's how you knew you were a Christian. And then it morphed into a bunch of other things. So nowadays, I don't even know what it means, but they've added a bunch of things, right? Um, and so it's so important. I remember uh, people taking to wrestling, WWF, and back then they would have the John 3, 16. Then it became Jericho, I believe, the wrestler who was doing the thing, right? Um, and so they would do this John 3, 16. Then you have Team Tebow, and he would put it on his face. And then everybody went nuts and wanted to kick him out of the NFL because he said a Bible verse, right? So, so that, that you have to punish. Oh, get off of that. Um, and so it's so important that we have to remember these things because these things are important in our lives, my friend. You know why? Because when it matters the most, that's what you're going to recall. I'm going to end with this story. I read this story and it blew my mind. There was a man taking care of a boat in Nigeria. And you'll see a picture in a moment. I don't know if the picture's up. And this picture... It, it, the video, I couldn't play the video because of copyright issues. It was an AP story, and so I, I felt bad because the video is so amazing. The video, you see this diver go in, and all of a sudden you see that man reach. His name is Harrison. Reach and grab the glove of the diver, and the diver freaks out. And let me tell you why. Nigerian ship's cook, Harrison, survived for 60 hours in a sunken tugboat, the Jascon 4, that capsized on May 26th of 2013. As the heavy seas flipped over the oil tanker that was trying to stabilize in the platform in the Gulf of Guinea in the Atlantic Ocean out of the coast of Nigeria. The boat came to rest upside down in the bottom of the sea, 30 meters, roughly 100 feet underwater. Eleven crew members died. But in total darkness, 
O'Keen felt this way, the diver and the engineer, O'Keen, sorry, um, Harrison felt this way to the engineer's office in a little room that was three feet wide. And there he made a platform and stood on the platform so half of his body can stay out and be able to warm himself in the cold nights. Three days after the accident, O'Keen was discovered by South African divers that went down to pick him up. They were sent to collect bodies but found this man alive. Think about that. The story doesn't end there. In the video, it's a crazy thing. He reaches, grabs the glove, and the diver freaks out, and you hear him through the communication, whoa, whoa, there's one, he's alive, he's alive. So the guy comes up, and then that's the picture of, from, the, from the helmet of the diver's helmet. That's the picture you see there. Listen to what he told the reporters when he came out. As the temperatures dropped to freezing, Harrison, dressed only in boxers, recited the psalm his wife had texted him before he left. And the psalm said, oh God, by your name save me. I, the Lord, will sustain you and sustain my life. When it mattered the most, the one thing this guy had, no food, no water, no hope, he had the word of God. When it mattered the most, that's what he remembered. And it's so crucial, so crucial for us to, in a world like today, to keep that at the forefront of our lives. Say, God, I'm not going to ignore your word. I'm going to remember what you've done. And I'll end with this psalm. Psalm 20, verse 7 says this. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord, our God. I don't know who you're trusting today, but I want to let you know, trust God and remember him. Trust God and remember him. Don't trust the government. I'm not saying we shouldn't pray for them. Don't trust your job. I'm not saying you shouldn't get one. Don't even trust. Put all your emotions into a person, spouse or friend. First and foremost, remember the Lord your God. And everything will flow from that river. Everything will come true through that river. Because when it matters most, let me tell you, this is very personal to me. When it matters most, my mother didn't even remember who I was. But she remembered the word of God. And I was okay with that. I was okay with that because I knew that Jesus was 100% for her and that was her utmost important in life. And that's a great example for me. That when I get distilled in life at the end of my life, may I remember the words of Jesus and may I walk with him to the very end for all of us. Would you give God a praise for that? Right there where you're at, let's close our eyes. Let's close our eyes, even from home. Father God, we just commit ourselves once again to you, just like we sang that song today, that we give ourselves to you. And Lord, I ask that all of us, those who are Christians, those who are walking with you, may we give ourselves to you. Once again, we recommit to remembering what what matters the most in this life, which is you. That when sin is reminded, we're going to put it aside, but we're going to remember your words and your deeds in everything we do. Father, I pray that you remind everyone today how amazing you are and the things you've done for each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Tonight, before you walk out of this place, I want you to give me five more minutes of your attention, of your time. Do not disconnect tonight, even if you're watching from home. I want to make sure that your life is all right with God. And just like Harrison, this man was sent a psalm by his wife, and he held on to Jesus. But maybe your relationship with God is not the one his wife has or the one he has. I want to make sure that you have the right relationship with God today and that you remember that this is the most important thing you can do tonight 
It is to make sure what is the condition of your soul. My friend, I've already shared with you the word of God. You've already felt the presence of God in worship. Now you have to take a step, an action towards the truth of God. A lot of people say, Pastor, I live in a Christian nation in the U.S. and I've heard this thing about the gospel, so therefore I should go to heaven. Therefore I am a Christian. The reality is that nowhere in the word of God says that that makes you a Christian. It does not say it. As a matter of fact, it says that if you think for doing good deeds that you would go to heaven, it says that you will not. That God considers those things as trash. Filthy rags, says in the book of Isaiah. Here's what God is saying. If you can earn heaven by your actions, then why would I send my only son to die on a cross for you if you can earn it? And that is why we need Jesus tonight. And I'm inviting you to make a decision for Jesus this very day. If you've never done this, tonight is your night. Here's another one. Pastor, you know what? I'm not perfect, but I, I guess I'm good because I was told that, you know, good people, if I good deeds, if I do this, then if I know the word of God, I will make it into heaven. All those things are great. I knew the word of God when I was a kid. But you know what? It came a point in my life where I had to say, Jesus, I need you. And I made a confession out of my soul and out of my heart where I said, God, I repent of my sin and I want you to be my Lord and Savior. And tonight I want to invite you to make that decision because that's what it takes to walk with God from this day forward. You might be thinking, well, <laughs> I, you know, I'm not sure that I want to do that prayer or I'm not sure, Pastor, I've heard people that become Christian, they can get goofy. Put all of that aside. The most important thing is not what people say, it's what you and God are saying in the depth of your soul. Because the word of God says that he's speaking to you tonight. And if he's speaking to you tonight, don't put him aside. Don't ignore him. Remember and take a step towards God. And tonight, I'm going to ask you a question. In a moment, this is how we do it in our church. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to take a bold step, even online, that you pray with us. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand when I count to three. Why do we count to three? Just so we can do it at the same time. And you raise your hand right where you're sitting. And after that, we're all going to stand. I'm going to invite you to pray with me right here so that together we can give our hearts to the Lord. Listen, 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 listen. Don't let anything distract you from the most important moment of your life. Because when it boils down to everything, this is the most important thing. It is the condition of your soul for eternity. Because if you die today, you want to make sure you're with Jesus in heaven. I count to three, you raise your hand, and we'll pray together. I don't know how many you are. I don't know who's here. But here's what I do know. God is speaking to some people right now. And if that's you, put everything aside and say, that would be you, Pastor. I want to pray tonight, and I want to invite Jesus in my heart. I count to three. You raise your hand, and we'll pray together. Are you ready? One, two, three. Let me see your hand tonight. See your hand tonight. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. I see your hand. Thank you. Awesome. You can put it down so you don't get tired. I see you. It's awesome. I haven't embarrassed them. I want to embarrass you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Two more over there. Awesome. How beautiful. Hey. Be brave tonight. Be brave and say, you know what? I'm going to stop playing with Jesus. I'm going to go full, wholehearted with him. I'm going to put aside what I've done life my way. I'm going to do it his way. Is there anyone else tonight? Anyone else? Even online. Let us know. There's people ready to pray with you on the chat. Jesus, let us know. You can do an emoji or whatever it is saying, I want to raise my hand tonight. Is there anyone else other than those three, four hands that I saw out there? This is your moment. This is your night. I know there's a few of you tonight, so I want to make sure that you are okay with God. 30 more seconds. Is there anyone else tonight? Is there anyone else tonight? Thank you. Thank you. I saw your hands. Is anyone else? Wow. Thank you, Jesus. So awesome. This is your moment of salvation. It's your moment of salvation. I see you. God bless you. There you go. Awesome. All right. Can we get God a praise for those brave hands? 
hey, those, I believe four or five of you guys, if I counted correctly, here's what we're going to do. Even if you didn't raise your hand, I'm going to invite you to take a step further of boldness because we're going to pray together. We're going to get some information in your hands. In a moment, we're all going to stand. When we all stand, if you raise your hand, or even if you didn't, and no, this is for me. I got to do it. I'm going to invite you to come meet me right now, right here, so we can pray together. Come on, make your way down. We're going to pray together. Go ahead and stand tonight. You're going to do this. In bravery, we want to pray with you. We love you. You can put your mask on. There's plenty of space to social distance. So make your way down here tonight. We want to pray with you. Even if you didn't raise your hand, but you know this is for you. Tonight is your night. God bless you guys. Thank you. Thank you. This is your moment. Thank you, Lord. God bless you, man. Best decision. Best decision. God bless you. Best decision, you guys. Best decision. Awesome. God bless you. Thank you. You know what? If if that's still you, I just feel in my heart that God wants to reach a few more people. If that's you tonight, I want to give you a few more seconds. I want to just, you won't interrupt anybody. Just get out of your seats and say, you know what? That's for me. I got to do this. God is speaking to me. I want to invite you tonight to do that. I want to invite you tonight and just put everything. Nobody here is going to be embarrassed. We're all going to cheer for you because we love you. But I just feel, hey, if that's you, man, God, the mercy of God is trying to reach you. So don't put God aside anymore. Make him your party, just like they have. They said, you know what? Forget this. I'm going there. I need Jesus tonight. So if that's you, would you make your way forward? Jerry's going to sing that phrase one more time. I give myself away. And I want to give you that moment to walk down the aisle tonight. myself away so you can use me give myself away oh God I give myself away so you can use me give myself away I did my part I hope you find yourself with Jesus tonight and you take that step. We're going to do the prayer. If you want to do that prayer and connect with somebody at the end, do that. Because I just feel the tug of God for your life tonight. Hey, those who are here, we're going to pray together. Everybody here is super excited. And even online, please pray with us. This prayer is not a magical avocado. This is God is going to see the honesty in your heart and say, hey, we're going to start something new. Can we pray with them? Let's pray together. and Repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, I invite you to my heart. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins the wrongdoings I've committed against you. And from this day forward, I want to live for you and I want to serve you from here and until I see you in heaven. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Praise God. Okay. Give us five minutes of your time. Pastor Joel, one of our leaders, he's going to do few things. He's going to offer you a free book. He's going to pray with you if you need more prayer and offer you an SBT. Somebody's going to help you get strong in the word of God. So follow him. Give him five minutes of your time. He'll get that for you completely free and then you're free to go. Come on, encourage him today. Thank you guys. Thank you for that time. Praise God. Amen. Hey, remember what matters most, man. Make that the forefront of your life from this day. There's a lot of information. Filter them out and start investing in God's word and remembering because 
Right now, that's the times we're living in. I want to encourage you in that direction, okay? There's a lot of things happening. Go to our website, connect with us. And if you did that prayer from online, at the end of the service, there'll be a video that's going to give you all the information you need to get the same things they got. The book, an SPT, and somebody that will help you to walk with Jesus. So stay tuned right after we're done with service. Can I pray for you and bless you tonight? Come on, raise your hand. Father God, thank you so much. These are your people. And I bless them today from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet. Father, may they be blessed in the city and blessed in the few. Blessed coming and blessed going that everything they put their hands in, it shall prosper. And we say about our area, the Inland Empire, that the Inland Empire shall be saved. God bless you. so much for joining us online. What a blast getting to do church with all of you. If you just gave your heart to Jesus and prayed the salvation prayer with our pastor, congratulations and welcome to the family of God. Here at The Rock, we want to get you plugged in and set up for success as you start this new walk. In a moment, I'd like you to head to our Respond to God page so you can fill out some information and we can get in touch with you. We not only want to send you some free material, we'd also like to get you hooked up with a friend who can help guide you through your new walk with Jesus. We have multiple friends available that would love to meet with you via a Zoom chat, a phone call, maybe an email, or any type of COVID-friendly interaction. They want to meet with you. We have this wonderful little booklet called Welcome to Your Destiny, Easy Steps to a Successful Future with God. Now, if you live in the continental United States, we'd love to mail you this copy, this paper copy, and get it in your hands. If you don't live nearby, don't even worry about it. We also have electronic copies available in PDF format. We would love to send your way. We also have this fun little comic book we'd love to send to any kids out there that just gave their heart to Jesus as well. This book is super fun. It helps explain their walk with God in a fun, age-friendly way that they can understand. So now what I'd like you to do, I'd like you to click on the link provided below. Now, if you can't find the link, it's okay. We're gonna send you to our webpage. We'd like you to go to rockchurch.com and click on the Respond to God tab in the bottom right-hand corner. This is gonna send you to a new page where we can get your information so we can send you a free copy of either one of these fun guys. And we can also get you hooked up with a great friend who will help you walk through these next steps. Well, it was so great hearing the word of God with you today. We can't wait to see you at our next service. And don't forget, God loves you and so do we.